God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And hey, today we're joined by Leonora Cravota. Hello, Leonora. Good morning, Scott. Good morning to you. And uh, it's good to have you back. You've not been here for oh, a couple, few weeks. A few weeks, so it's good to be here. So near the end of the show, we're going to talk about some of your latest work. And uh, it's kind of interesting stuff that you're doing over there. At the spectator.org? Uh, the American Spectator, website spectator.org. Spectator.org, the American Spectator. All right, so um, there's a lot of great uh, topics for us to cover today, and one is going to be the Hunter Biden deposition, and uh, two is going to be um, the border, the battle at the border. Uh, between Trump and Biden, there wasn't really a fight there. There wasn't a Biden. Uh, a, it wasn't in contention. Biden looked like a joke. Uh, you know, it was kind of weird to see Joe Biden uh, down there wearing a blue suit with gold buttons, uh, walking like, you know, a stick. And Trump has commented on that. He was like, he walks like a stick. He could barely walk in the sand the way he walks like a dork, a, a stork. Like one of those storks or his ostriches, ostriches, you know, yeah. and um, it, it's it is kind of obvious, you know. Trump always nails it too, right? Like you know, um, uh, Tricky Nikki or what was it, Bird Brain? You know, she bird does brain. Look, she but looks did like a bird. Did you hear his latest for Newsome? New scum. New scum. And he actually said that uh, he had a good relationship with Newsom while he was president. And, of course, you know that Newsom's ex-wife is Kimberly Guilfoyle, who's involved with Don Jr. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, he comes up with those interesting monikers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, he, he said recently with an interview, on an interview, and I forget who it was with, maybe Tucker, Um he said uh, that, you know, he still gets along fine with Gavin Newsom. So, you know, who knows? He always says that, though, you know, even though because that that's what a businessman does. Well, that's what a person does is, you know, if you're a business person, you get along with people who you don't necessarily always like. 
because you need to get the job done. And and in politics, the same thing happens. The people that go at it, um, you know, about particular legislative issues, they have to work together. So at the end of the day, they have to come together. You can't be fighting with people constantly. That's correct. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, let's get into the Hunter Biden thing. Um, I have something really interesting to talk about today as well. And that is Angela Chow and the Mitch McConnell um, resignation. So that's going to be my conspiratorial seg- section of the show. But it's interesting to talk about this subject because, you know, I actually am beginning to think that she was whacked. And, uh, you know, she was in some sort of an accident, a car accident or something. And um, on a ranch in Texas, whose ranch in Texas? Mitch McConnell's ranch in Texas. Who knew that the guy from Kentucky has a ranch in Texas, right? Who knew? You know, how many houses does Mitch McConnell have, I wonder, right? I don't know. But they talk about the foremost group and they talk about the shipping magnet. And, you know, this is a woman that uh, was younger than Elaine Chow and uh, died young and uh, died in a, in a suspicious accident. And the McCon- Mitch McConnell and Elaine Chow both said, guess what? They don't want an autopsy. Hmm. Wasn't that like Scalia? Well, why you know? don't they want an autopsy? <laughs> Didn't Scalia you? get whacked in Texas too? You know, Scalia, who is basically overseeing the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, with the Dreamer Act and a judge in the Fifth Circuit stayed the hold on on uh, the DACA Dreamers thing that would have enabled a lot of immigrants to get the right to vote, right? And so um, next thing you know, uh, without a witness or an autopsy, uh, you have Scalia dead in a bed without a witness or an autopsy. Mm-hmm. And um, then they try to get in. Who did they try to get in to replace uh, Scalia? Merrick Garland. And Merrick Garland, by the way, <laughs> you can't make this up. I, I watched the Pelican Brief, and you know what? I think we're living through that well, kind of a, that yes, kind of a mystery. More than thirty years ago, John Grisham foresaw what would happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, so there's a lot of stuff going on here that doesn't pass the smell test. And that's, you know, what we're all about here. We're trying to shine a light where the corporate media doesn't want to shine a light. And we can do it because we have nothing to lose because we don't really make a lot here. You know, there's not a lot to lose. So, I mean, there's not a lot of investors investing in the truth. There's a lot of investors investing in smoke and mirrors. I mean, I said yesterday or the day before, $1.3 $1.3 trillion going to the U.N. What's the difference between $1.3 trillion going to the U.N. or, or, or to the NATO, NATO, or to $1.3 trillion going to Ukraine, or $1.3 trillion going to the United Nations, or $1.3 trillion going to the WHO? Because over the course of time, we've given them all that much money and more. I mean, I think it was... Uh, Obama's last year, he gave $960 billion to the UN just in one year. So, I mean, where in the world are we getting a return on that investment? No, what is the difference between giving the money to the UN, the WHO, the Ukraine, uh, which found its way, uh, much of it, to uh, FTX, but giving money to NATO, which 
Can you can anyone say what NATO has done right or good? Or uh, can anyone make the argument that NATO, by their sheer presence, has pre- prevented Russian aggression? And it's not even Russian aggression. It's Russian response to NATO aggression. It's provocation. So my point is, is that what good is coming from these, this spending? What good is it? We spent what? How many trillions of dollars have we spent in Iraq and Afghanistan? What do we got? We got the Taliban running Afghanistan. We got Iran running Iraq. Mm-hmm. We got more terrorism, not less. And we have more terrorists in our country today, I guarantee it, through an open border than we ever dreamed of having any other time in our history. And I'm going to tell you that um, what are we getting for our money? These people, we get pandemics, we get climate, we get CBDCs, we get total control of our lives, we get 15-minute cities, we get all this crap. What are we getting for our money? Freedom? Better uh, outdoor environments and concerts? What are we getting? Nothing in return. What that is, is that's no different when we give all that money out That's no different than giving it to a slush fund, a political slush fund. And guess who runs every one of these things? The Bill Gateses and the George Soroses and the Rothschilds of the world and the Koch brothers of the world, for the crying out loud, are all part of an establishment elite uniparty. And we're going to get into that because we have a clip from Michael Benz, Mike Benz, who talks about the sabotage that Nikki Haley is pursuing um, and the Mitch McConnell resignation in response to his wife's sister, his sister-in-law, Angela Chow, Elaine Chow's his wife. And these people were, I think, possibly potentially murdered. So you got a, you got someone making a statement saying, Hey, you're next. And Mitch McConnell um, resigns, and he's running a shipping lanes, a shipping uh, magnet, foremost group. We've talked about it for forever. There's so many little things that interconnect. But what's the difference between when we give money to UN, WHO, NATO, Ukraine, Afghanistan, Iraq? What's the difference? The military-industrial complex and other lobbying groups like Anthony Blinken's West Exec, are getting rich off of the strings attached to the money that's going out there, coming out of your pocket, the middle-class taxpayer, around the world, not just in America, but mostly America. And we're paying out the nose for all this stuff, and it's going into a, a, a super elite slush fund that they're using that money against us in an unconstitutional way because they're not even bound by the, any constitutional principles whatsoever. Think about it, folks. It's insane. Somehow we need to stand up and, 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 and express ourselves and say, stop the madness. Stop the, stop the world. I want to get off. That's the name of a play. I love that play. Yeah, I saw it. Remember? I don't, I don't know the plot of it, but I just remember the wonderful title. Yeah, I love theater in general. Me too. But, uh, but anyway, we're going to get into this Hunter Biden thing.
And uh, this way we'll have enough time to make it through some of these audio clips that you've got to hear. And I'm going to make sure that we get to it. So this is the first one. This is um, just a rundown of what happened yesterday with Hunter Biden and better Maria Bartiroma and her guests talk about it than me because, you know, I don't I didn't I didn't read the whole transcript that was released yesterday. Uh, the House Oversight Committee released the entire transcript <laughs> And then they then then they subpoenaed Merrick Garland. <laughs> How do you like that? And then you got some guy on the news uh, that we're going to listen to say that. Uh, well, James Comer says he no longer trusts the uh, FBI, and um, and then there's Alexander Smirnov, uh, who is an FBI asset uh, that they've now arrested, and uh, that's because he was going to about to say negative things about the Biden administration, which gets us to the. Gestapo police that's being controlled by the liberal agenda. And uh, that's the other aspect of this that's connected to this piece. So we're going to get there. It's a lot to cover. And we're going to start now. I hope. House Oversight and Judiciary Committee is releasing the transcript of the Hunter Biden deposition. Uh, which took place this week. Hunter admitted that he did, in fact, put his father on speakerphone. And he did, in fact, invite him to meetings with his business partners. But still, he denied that Joe Biden had any involvement in his business. Hunter also confirmed that Joe Biden was, in fact, the big guy. But he said he didn't know why James Gillard, uh, his partner, referred to him that way. And a Chinese energy official once gifted him a diamond. Uh, Hunter also giving the excuse that he, quote, was out of his mind when he messaged a Chinese business partner that he was sitting next to his father. Joining me right now is New York Congressman and House Oversight Committee member Nick Langworthy. Congressman, thanks very much for being here. You were there. This is your committee. Uh, What can you tell us in terms of what you took away? What was most important from that uh, testimony yesterday? Well, I, I think my biggest takeaway is how someone can sit there and lie with a straight face for hours and hours and hours. I mean, it, it, in, in one vein, he's this brilliant business strategist. Uh, you know, he's someone that we should all be impressed with in his resume. He'd put against anyone in the room. And at other times, he's a sad and, and broken down figure that's, you know, caught in addiction. Uh, there's no explanation as to why these uh, Biden family members are are receiving these funds from foreign entities. I mean, they, they, they didn't make any uh, legitimate arguments as, as to what expertise they brought to the table. The only thing they bring to the table is the name and the, the selling the brand. And uh, it, it, it's laughable, you know, the discussions about how his father wandered into these dinners. You know, hey, Dad, come have dinner with my, you know, oligarch friends that I'm sitting here with. Uh, yeah. Yet, yet the, the father, you know, clearly knows nothing about his business along the way. I mean, I, I think what he's really done here is 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 confirmed what you know most Americans uh, are thinking, and and what uh, the evidence that we put forward with the the banking records uh, has shown. Well, it looks like he's trying to blame uh, James Gilliar. Uh, for getting his father involved, right? I mean, he he admits uh, pretty much indirectly that his father is the big guy. We're talking about that infamous, you know, 10% equity held by H for the big guy email. Uh, Hunter said that the person who sent it, James Gilliar, was out of his mind for even suggesting that his father be involved. So, so there you go. He's admitting that the big guy is his father. But you say he lied with the straight face. What else did he lie about? Well, I, I think any discussion about, you know, getting handed a diamond by a Chinese national business person, that this is something that was not, uh, you know, meant, meant to be payment. This was just some rare token of appreciation. Uh, it, 
you know, presenting that is 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 you know reality. It just defies logic. I mean, mm. here somebody hands you a diamond, uh, and then he gives it to his his uncle because he doesn't know what to do with it. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, this is not something that uh, anyone does in business transactions when things are on the up and up. I mean, and it, it shows that this is this is a criminal you know, business enterprise that these people well, were running. Look, we'll never know where the diamond is. Right. And I know that he actually accepted the equivalent of money for a Porsche. He got the money for a Porsche from Kazakhstan and then he went and he bought the Porsche. So he got a Porsche from Kazakhstan and then he got two diamonds from China. Um, and we're supposed to believe that he gave it to James Biden and James just threw it out. Is that is that what he said? He said threw the diamond down. I mean, look, we know that diamonds are an easy way to hide wealth. You just you can hide it or you can give it to the next generation. You don't put it on the will. You don't put it on your taxes. Is that is that what was going on here? I, that, that, that is that is where you, you certainly uh, you go when, when you have a, an item like that that's not trackable or traceable. I mean, one of the other that's items that uh, uh, he said was diamond. that all the wire transfers is because he was wow. cheap and he didn't want to pay uh, for all of the wire Clarity, transfer DS2. fees. I mean, th- th- these are these are things that just don't pass the smell test uh, in any way, shape or form. And, and, and I think, you know, Hunter, you know, confirmed a lot of our suspicions, uh, you know, in the hours that he sat there in the deposition. Well, I'm with Michael Balboni today. Uh, Michael, jump in here. Hey, Congressman, good to see you again from the days of Tom Reynolds. Um, what, you know, the FBI has a very aggressive counterintelligence program. Uh, where were they on this? You know, with the, the son of the vice president getting involved in these types of discussions and receiving gifts from the Chinese. What, where, where is the FBI in this? Great question. It, it, it's an incredible question and, and clearly asleep at the switch or intentionally asleep at the switch. I mean, I, you, you can't uh, really get your head around this. I mean, uh, when, when we had a former New York governor go down for his you know, transgressions, uh, uh, you know, with, with an international you know, prostitution ring, they were right there. But we, we have Kazakhstani billionaires Talking and oligarchs you know, sitting uh, there with Spitzer. the vice president of the United States and his mm-hmm. son. On business deals, and they're nowhere to be found. This doesn't pass the smell test to me. Congressman, let me get your take on the other order of business uh, in the Congress today. And the well, well, they're going to talk about the um, the government shutdown. I'm not interested in that. Um, you know, because oh, that's I, just boring. No, Let's no. rather talk about Hunter Biden and his laptop. I actually think the government would be better off shutting down at this point. Um, we definitely don't need half the departments that are there. Half the employees that are in the inside the Beltway right now, we don't need. We yeah. don't need them. We need more. Lo- we need more jails. At this point, because of the way our country has gone, we need more jails, and we need uh, more police. And we need to take crime off the streets. We need um, uh, charter schools and more school choice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we need to stop transvestite storytelling. We need to close our border. Uh, so we need to build a wall. You know, there's a lot of other ways we can spend our money <clears throat> than the Department of Education and fund, funding SEIU, yeah. a teacher's union, um, that uh, and and the two two teachers unions that are nothing but political arms of the le- liberal party. Uh, so, yeah, and uh, this is um, <clears throat> this is what uh, Jesse Waters had to say about Fox it. Fox News alert: We just got our hands on the transcripts of Hunter Biden's deposition, and it is a doozy. Investigators asked, "Why did every member of your family get paid by the Chinese? <laughs> Uncles, nieces, granddaughters, sisters-in-law." Hunter says, no, 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 no. For example, my uncle Jimmy, 
Joe Biden's brother, he wasn't in business with me or with China, even though his name was on all the documentation. Quote, I wanted my uncle to be an advisor to me, so I sent money to him. That's some advisor. The Chinese were getting arrested in their first call. You know, the one where you get when you in jail first time was to Joe Biden's brother, Jimmy, just an advisor. I wonder what kind of advice Joe Biden's granddaughter gave to Hunter. <laughs> thousands in cash. It's a good question. Very interesting corporate structure. Hunter's in business with China and everyone else in the Biden family is Hunter's advisor. Cool. Well, then Hunter was asked, well, why was your father, Joe Biden, when he was vice president and after showing up to all of your business dinners with Russians, Ukrainians and Chinese? He says, I wasn't conducting business when I had those meetings. My dad stopped by because it was my actual birthday. All right, so Hunter's in his 50s and he has a birthday party. Doesn't invite anyone from his family, his woman, his kids or his friends. He invites Russian billionaires and Kazakhstani tycoons. Oh, and his dad happens to stop by to celebrate his birthday. Well, what did your father talk about with all of your suspicious looking rich foreign business partners? Hunter said all his dad did was have a Coca-Cola and a bowl of spaghetti. Scranton so Joe. Birthday. Who Blue collar are Joe. all these people? Well, this lady's from Moscow, Dad, and I'll be driving home in a new Porsche. <laughs> Hunter had a lot of business meetings where his dad stopped by. Those aren't my words. Those are Hunter Biden's words. He says, quote, I was in New York City and was having lunch with some of my business associates. And I said, hey, Dad, come by for lunch. Who wouldn't do that? We went from Joe Biden didn't know anything about Hunter's foreign business to Joe Biden had dinners and lunches with Hunter's foreign businessmen. Why wouldn't he? Hunter then said, yep, my dad's the big guy. The investigators then asked Hunter, well, what about when you threatened the Chinese to pay you millions of dollars and your dad was in the room with you and you said he'd be very angry if they didn't pay up? Hunter said, he sent that text to the wrong Chinese guy. But that's quite a coincidence because the next day he got wired five million bucks. <laughs> that would mean some random Chinese guy got a text from Hunter who he didn't know. And the next day wired him five million dollars, <laughs> even though he didn't have his wiring instructions. OK, what about the diamonds the Chinese kept giving you and you kept losing? Well, Hunter said it probably wasn't even a diamond. It was just a stone. So the Chinese bought $23 million in diamonds, gave it to Hunter, and Hunter didn't think it was worth anything and threw them out. Okay? But then he says, that's the way the Chinese do business. Quote, it's business culture in China. When I first received the diamond, I thought it was an extravagant gift. We gave Mr. Yi a magnum bottle of, I think, Scotch 67 Macallan that ultimately was worth far more than the diamond he gave us. We spoke to American business executives who've done business in China for decades. Not a single one of them said they've ever been given a diamond or a stone. And does Hunter even have a receipt for the scotch he gave the Chinese? No. Probably like Fanny, paid cash. New York Post columnist. Wow. And, and not only that, but the diamond was 3.16. Excellent cut. Yeah. 3.16 carat. That's got to be 50 grand. 
That's a 50 grand diamond. Maybe even more. I think it may be even more, <laughs> right? I mean, you can get a one carat for 12 grand, yeah. right? I mean, that's, yeah, I, I'd say about 50, 50 grand, but man. And there's different qualities of diamond, not just the size. So, you know, yeah. it could be worth a lot more. So, you don't so the know. House Committee has subpoenaed A.G. Merrick Garland. Congressional investigators are seeking all materials related to Special Counsel Robert Hur's investigation into Biden's classified documents case, including transcripts, notes, video, and audio files. Good luck getting that. Americans deserve to see the transcript and other materials from Robert Hur's investigation of President Biden's, writes Jim Jordan. We subpoenaed them today, and, and there it is. So, um, Here at House Oversight Committee, Chairman James Comer says he has no faith in the FBI. Right here. Okay, so let's take a listen to this. By Weiss is very concerning because everything that... that I've had uh, to do with the FBI has been very suspicious throughout this investigation. The trust level that I have with the FBI is zero. Wow. That was an incredible statement, Chris. What's your reaction? So this is a guy named... Well, this is the first time in the history of the world that an FBI informant has been indicted. And that may be a slight embellishment, but it just doesn't happen. Okay, so what this is about is Alexander Smirnoff uh, getting indicted, and he's a he's a he's a source. I mean, they're protecting Ray Epps to the hilt because mm-hmm. Ray Epps is doing everything they want yeah. him to do. But Alexander Smirnoff was about to say some things mm-hmm. that he found in, uh, that were inconsistent with the narrative against Joe Biden, and now they took him down. Very often, and in my experience, uh, my 24 years in the bureau, I don't remember an informant ever getting indicted for lying. And you raise a good point, Maria. He was an informant for 10 years. They have very strict criteria for informants. Every six months, they have to be revetted. When you pay them, you have to make sure that their information is corroborated from several different directions. So in this case, they ran a guy for 10 years, 10 years, and paid him regularly. And yet it turns out he was a liar. Now, that calls into question all the information this informant provided. And if there were any criminal prosecutions, it would call into question the, his credibility in those criminal prosecutions. And you have to go relook at it. So um, this was an intelligence source. So maybe no criminal prosecutions, but it certainly calls into question what the FBI was doing for 10 years with this source and how they vetted him. So are you questioning that he was lying or are you questioning the way the FBI handled this? Are you? Oh, he's questioning the whole thing, right? So that's it. So rearrest uh, of Alexander Smirnoff, because this is kind of interesting. Let's take a listen. Office. It seems like they want to kind of shuttle him away and keep him in a certain jurisdiction. Some say it's California ties to David Weiss. We're going a little bit into the weeds here, but I think it's very important that the public. David Weiss is the uh, prosecuting uh uh, prosecutor for Hunter Biden understands what could be Delaware. a play here, especially because Hunter Biden's on the Hill next week, Matt. No. Yeah. So that was that was uh, th- this is um, Matthew Whitaker. Oh, you're absolutely right. And this is a this is a big deal. Usually once someone has uh, gone through a detention hearing and they've won that detention hearing they're you know, uh, they have a monitor on and they're allowed to sort of, you know, live their life generally free and re- report to a 
uh, probation officer uh, every so often. But in this case, you know, to go get him again, uh, you know, tells me that there's a couple things going on. One is they don't want him out uh, talking to anybody, even his own lawyer, before they kind of, you know, understand the damage he could do. And I think the second thing is they're sending a tone, you know, they're send, sending a message uh, not only to him, but to others that might be, you know, potential sources for the FBI that, you know, you're going to be treated uh, harshly, which, you know, again, being arrested twice in two days is pretty harsh. Um, you know, that's that's probably the message they're trying to send right now. I think, too, what I'd like to get you to articulate is, OK, so there might have been some issues with this person. Great. But there's a whole wide web here of issues regarding Hunter Biden. and the- So here he is, uh, this Alexander Smirnoff, an informant for the FBI. For 10 years, they paid him for 10 years. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he's got something negative to say about the Bidens, and the FBI is cracking down on him, arrested him twice in two days. Is that crazy or what? That's crazy. <laughs> All right. So um, we got one more clip here. This is kind of funny. We're just going to play a brief part of it. Agree. Confidential human sources must be kept confidential. Dad, the FBI doesn't care about that anymore. They did until one of their confidential human sources came out with information against Joe Biden. They indicted the guy. Look at him on a perp walk. Alexander Smirnov. You had something bad to say about the Bidens? We arrested the guy. They arrested the guy. I can't believe it. All their concerns about confidential human sources and how important they are. They outed this guy. They paid him money. They worked with him for decades. He said something they didn't like about the Bidens. They busted him. False information. He gave us. That's it. (laughs) That's your story right there. That's the country we're living in, folks. The FBI hired Alexander Smirnoff, an Israeli citizen, 14 years ago to spy for the U.S. He was contractually allowed to break the law on the FBI's behalf. When he alerted the FBI, Joe and Hunter were receiving millions from Burisma. The FBI buried the report. Now the Congress has its Biden's DOJ in prosecuting Smirnoff to uh, has its Biden's DOJ uh, prosecuting Smirnoff to add insult to injury. The DOJ didn't want to give him bail because the FBI paid him so much over the years. His net worth is six million dollars. The Biden regime is sending a message to whistleblowers. Keep your mouth shut or go to jail. Wow. I didn't know it was six million. Wow. That's a lot. All right, so here we got this. Okay, so this is the showdown at the uh, border yesterday. Uh, all right, I guess just showdown at the OK Corral. Yeah, so uh, let's take a listen to this. You come to Texas, this is now a war zone, and they view it as a war zone, and Mexico's doing nothing to help us. So you have 28,000 from China, all fighting age. You don't see women, and you don't see men much older than that. It's from 18 to 25, 26 years old. And there's something going on. And they're coming from Yemen that we're bombing. They're coming from the Congo, from prisons in the Congo. The only good thing is it makes our prisoners look like very nice people. (laughs) Trump also said that he spoke with the parents of 22-year-old Georgia student Lakin Riley, who was allegedly killed by an illegal Venezuelan migrant. He slammed the president for her death. Of course, that migrant came into America in 2022 through the El Paso, Texas border. Uh, Biden walked away from any questions about Lincoln Riley yesterday. Watch this. What he is doing is just unbelievable. Joe Biden 
will never say Lake and Riley's name. But we will say it and we will remember it. We're not going to forget her. Mr. President, do you bear any responsibility for Lake and Riley's death? He's walking off like a... Well, Lake and Riley... He looks... He, when he's walking to these days, he's walking like a stiff. Like yeah, a, he's... Like the walking dead. He's a uh, zombie. Yeah, a zombie. He lo- well, He's walking like a zombie. And, you know, he's in, like, when you look at him physically, he's thin. He's, you know, he looks like he could be physically capable. But he's now, over the last two years, developed more of a weakness and a frailty about I him. I think his motor skills aren't moving his legs right. I, uh, I think Trump you're probably right there. Trump was talking to Tucker about that. And he was saying, the way he walks, he walks like he's on sticks. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 really noticeable or not. I always thought that Mitt Romney had a funky little walk. Yeah. Walked like a dork. Um, but... Uh, Joe Biden has zero swagger. It will be laid to rest this afternoon at a church outside of Atlanta. Michael Balboni, uh, this is such a heart-wrenching story. It's so sad. Uh, Her memory will uh, last uh, a lifetime, and they are celebrating her life today. It's such a horrible thing for the parents, obviously, and for the nation to watch this. You know, it's so hard to put a face on this whole issue, but yet... This is one of the things that people are taking a look at saying, wait a minute, this is happening in our communities. You know, the irony, as you know, Marie, you've reported on so many times before, you know, Texas has been suffering this invasion for years and years and years. And now suddenly as the campaign begins, this is now the focus for this administration. And, and you know what else uh, that the Biden's put out a statement uh, saying that this is all Trump's fault. Yeah. How in the world yeah. do you get there? I don't know how uh, you get there. Yeah, that's a that's a losing argument. But I want you to hear this guy, uh, Lee. Um, yeah, um, this is an invited invasion by the Biden administration, right? They don't. Uh, yeah, this is Michael Lee, not to be confused with Senator Mike Lee. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. There aren't enough actual Americans to vote for them. Um, They want uh, as many illegals as they can get into big cities, give them amnesty so they get more electoral college votes, more congressional seats, more federal funding so they can rule by fiat. Okay, this, I mean, a new Chicago of people coming into our country every single year. Um, It's just unbelievably disgusting. And it's no surprise that it's politically unpopular. If you remember, it was just nine years ago, Trump came down the escalator and this was his number one issue. And I don't, I don't believe, and you know, they can call Americans that don't like illegal immigration racist all they want. But the fact of the matter is we are a nation of rule followers. We are a nation of law followers. And people. People hate to see other people breaking the law. All right. Yeah. No one's no one's talking about, about illegal immigration and the people that pay thousands of dollars and wait three, five, ten years to get in this country legally when they could just walk over the border and get a big fat ten thousand dollar debit card, a free hotel room, a free cell phone, free health care, all of these other things. If this isn't anything other than an invited invasion by this administration, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I mean, he said it perfectly, and uh, I never heard it uh, put exactly that way. That's why I wanted to share it. Um, you know, the uh, electoral votes and the, the the getting funding by the federal government to help finance this invasion, and they can then rule by executive fiat. They could even declare a state of emergency and bypass constitutional protections that the citizens are supposed to have. Right. 
No, I mean, you have a situation where you have illegals being treated better than citizens, and that and that's very frightening and it's been almost going at on, every turn and it's going on and it's been going on now for several years uh you know out in the open it's not even being hidden anymore and you have hotels being turned into uh immigration camps etc and you know you have the Im- illegal immigrants uh filling the schools you know, it, it, it's a problem i mean you know yeah. think of all the people who came here the right way who followed the rules it's a slap in their face well you know paul sperry uh someone i follow on twitter he, he says revealed 64 executive actions biden has taken to open the southern border and undo president trump's uh actions to seal it uh thereby creating a the conditions for the border invasion here is the full list and um and so there is this full list uh, at speaker.gov, and um, and it's it's significant. It's a significant list. I mean, I can go on actually. Uh, if you go to uh, my uh, Twitter page at Scott Adams Show, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, and you can find this list. It's so long that it would take too long to actually go through. But he, uh, at every turn, reversed every single... It's it's an amazing list. And it's over at speaker.gov as well. Go to speaker.gov. 64 times the Biden administration intentionally undermined border security. Okay, so there it is right there. And he continues to write, read here, the litany of ways the Biden immediately that Biden immediately upon taking office canceled Trump's effective border security measures and kicked open the gates to illegals, jeopardizing national security to pander to Hispanic voters in misguided attempt to win them back after 2020 slippage. It's insane that people even buy this stuff. And what about these suburban moms and these these, uh, pockets of voters that don't seem to understand the beauty and power and benefit of Trump. Um, these people that continue to vote for Biden, um, they ought to just get their heads straight and read up and get informed because they're, they're, they're becoming ignorant to the facts. And the facts are, you know, I, I just don't know. I mean, I would rather have a buck 36 and gal- a gallon of gas and, and mean tweets any day. But it goes well beyond that little can, you know, elevator slogan. That it, it's so much more than that. Our, our, it's divi- it's divisive. When you take money from uh, Peter to pay Paul, you could always depend on Paul's support, and that's what they're trying to do with illegals over minorities historically who are getting a lot of that government uh, aid. And again, that wasn't even right. Um, I think we should all be treated equal. And this whole notion of DEI or equity needs to go out the window. It's it's not constitutional. But in any case, um, Trump uh, put these policies into place and helped secure the border, says um, the Governor uh, Abbott of Texas. Well, first of all, thank you, uh, President Trump, for being back in Texas. Uh, you know, you being here shows that today is a day of a, an extraordinary contrast. We have President Trump back in the state of Texas, literally on the border itself, a place that he's been to many times, uh, talking about all the things that he's done to secure the border. At the very same time, we have President Biden down in Brownsville, Texas, 
which was an obligatory visit by him. He'd never been to the border. In fact, I don't think he's on the border itself right now. He's in some sanitized location in the Brownsville area, not seeing the razor wire that Texas has put up around Brownsville. And he announced that he was going to Brownsville after it was already known that President Trump was coming to the state of Texas. It just goes to show that Biden does not care about either Texas or the border and what's going on. As a result, you see a disaster. The United States of America is dealing with more deadly consequences than we have in our entire lifetime because of Joe Biden's policies on the border. And it did not have to be this way. As President Trump just talked, there were four policies that he put in place that led to the lowest illegal border crossings in about four decades. The end of catch and release, the Title 42 policy, the Remain in Mexico policy, and building the border wall. Yep, that's just four, but there's 62 over at the speak, you know, 62. <laughs> so anyway, all right, so I now we're going to get to something uh, very interesting, okay? It's a little bit conspiratorial, a little bit of a... But it's very interesting. So what we're going to do, we're going to listen to this guy named Mike Benz, and he's talking about the real, the, the weird feeling he has about Mitch McConnell stepping down and how this could be uh, some sort of an attack on the populist movement, the MAGA movement, um, especially in the wake of the fact that he resigned in the wake of Angela Chow, his sister-in-law's death, suspicious death. So let's take a listen to this. Hey, I got to record this while it's fresh. I have a bad feeling about this McConnell stepping down situation. I know everyone's celebrating right now because, you know, Mitch McConnell has been such a magnetic force for um, nefarious blob activity uh, for such a long time. It's it's hard to even count the years. Uh, I, know, I understand he's the longest serving, basically, party leader in the Senate, I think in Senate history. And, you know, Senator Mike Lee refers to the firm of, of uh, you know, Schumer and McConnell and, and all that. And so why do I have an uneasy feeling about it? Um, I think it comes down to this. Um, I We've seen time and time again over the past several years, Western democracies basically outlaw political parties. You know, Ukraine outlawed political parties. Germany is openly contemplating banning the, uh, the AFD party, which is which is running on a on a on a plank of of effectively neutrality with Russia and restoration of economic relations. There, uh, you see you see this happening with the, with the Vox Party in Spain, all over all over NATO. Um, basically, countries NATO. that are disobedient to the blob are actually just getting purged or effectively made a, a, a criminal. You know, RICO type uh, enterprise to even be engaged in in, in domestic politics around that, and um, I think what's happening right now with the Ukraine bill is very existential in the Republican Party. It's really the first time that Republicans as a party have ever fought back against the blob. I mean, Republicans owned the blob for much of the 20th century uh, and the 21st century. I mean. George Bush, blob monster. Mitt Romney, blob, blob monster. John McCain, blob monster. Uh, there's never been a situation where a populist Republican has both risen to power and successfully resisted the, the blob. If, if Ukraine funding gets killed in the House, 
uh, which is which is my personal political preference. I mean, make no mistake about that. There's almost no bigger champion for that than me. Um, watching Mitch McConnell suddenly out of nowhere declare today, also on the day that the Supreme Court granted cert to the presidential immunity case, and seeing how they're talking, the blob is openly talking about kind of criminalizing um, the Republican Party if they if they continue to go astray towards populism. Um, now, look, let me make this perfectly clear. I This is a totally low-confidence interval thing. I'm not making a, a call here. I can't see through the fog of war of this. I just want to make that perfectly clear. But I just kind of want to get my weird sense on record that uh, I have a weird feeling that McConnell may be apprised of what they might do to the Republican Party and to Republicans in House leadership um, if the Ukraine bill dies if the Ukraine aid bill dies on the vine uh, they're you know just like they rushgated Trump and locked up almost all this you know top people at some point um, th- you know during the Russiagate probe I mean what they did to Mike Flynn what they did to Rudy Giuliani what they did to George Papadopoulos and all everyone uh, I could see them doing that to Mike Johnson I could see them doing that to to party leadership um, if you guys think you know Russiagate is over, I mean, you ain't seen nothing yet. I mean, Russiagate 3.0 now is going to be the biggest of them all because not only, you know, when Russiagate 1.0 happened, there wasn't even a war going on. Um, and let and, and let alone a war that we're losing, actively losing. So this is totally existential to the, to the blob's empire management strategy in order to continue to feed the teat of... Uh, of the corporate and financial interests uh, who need a constantly expanding American empire pie to um, to pad their margins with. And they're effectively, the, that donor drafter class is, is who determines most of Congress, frankly, uh, and certainly the personnel of the executive branch. Uh, and, and I am concerned seeing this Mitch McConnell news. I, I'm not saying this just to be contrarian because I know everyone's sort of spiking footballs. And again, no mistake, I completely support 100. percent You know the uh, uh, you know the, the populist agenda in in defunding this this uh, this this nonsense. Um, I just can't help this weird feeling like Mitch McConnell knows or was informed of what might befall Republicans if they actually you know block this bill, or if Trump is able to you know basically make it to election day because the Supreme Court blocks a conviction. And, you know, I I would not rule out them literally burning the entire Republican Party, the blob, literally burning the entire Republican Party to the ground. And then in its ashes, once everyone's been prosecuted, once it's been completely and fully purged, then they they could install a sort of Nikki Haley figure to... um, to get it back on the horse of the uh, of the twentieth century cowboy mafia, I, I could I could literally see that happening, and so uh, I, I share the sentiment, but I see weird things in the tea leaves, but I don't see them clearly. So again, this this, this could be nothing. I just... Yeah, it's it's a very interesting observation, um, and again, it's a theory for him. Uh, AP data shows almost half of Nikki Haley's South Carolina voters voted for Joe Biden in the 2020 election. AP VoteCast surveyed over 2,400 voters and four in 10 Haley voters were Democrats. Why does a red state like South Carolina have open primaries? 
it's kind of weird. It is. It is kind of weird. And people have been saying for a while <laughs> that a lot of the people that are voting for her are Democrats. Yeah. So or, or, or they're Republican spoilers. OK. Is it a uh, coincidence Mitch McConnell's sister-in-law died two weeks ago in a car wreck and now Mitch is retiring? What a, what a, was a message sent? Angela Chow was the CEO of a major shipping company, Foremost Group, and a bank and a Bank of China executive. Angela was the sister of Mitch McConnell, Chinese handler wife, Elaine Chow, who was the former Secretary of Transportation. She's reportedly died on a private Texas ranch where her Tesla vehicle backed into a pond with her inside of it. Oh, that's that's a really weird way there to die. There is still reportedly uh, a video of the incident that state police has in its possession. Um, but no autopsy. They they elected no Rachel autopsy. Rachel Kalkine's Daily Trending News. Angela Chow, the chief executive and chair of New York-based Bolker <laughs> Owner Foremost Group, has tragically passed away following a car accident. Born in 1974 into a family deeply entrenched in the shipping industry, Angela was the young... And, you know, no no wonder shipping, right? Shipping yeah. is a huge thing. And no wonder Mitch McConnell kept his post as leader, being head of the shipping mm-hmm. organization. Trump has a higher approval rating from Gen Z voters than any other age group. 57% of Gen Zers approved of the Trump of the job Trump did as president. It's almost like everything they do to hurt Trump uh, only helps him more. There's starting to be this movement in college where it's cool to actually like Trump. Yeah. Well, it's about time. Yeah. Now, I have other stuff that I uh, wanted to talk about, and we're getting to to Leonora's piece in a second. Mitch McConnell's wife, Elaine Chow's family, owned a very lucrative shipping business, a foremost group, uh, that has been been provided and financed by the CCP. It makes 70% of the fortune of shipping with China. Leader McConnell uh, will never take any action against China because the CCP could destroy his multi-million dollar family business overnight. Listen to Peter Schweizer tell us how beholden Mitch McConnell is to China, and he goes into this diatribe of that. Um, and so there's just a lot of information about uh, Angela Chow that I have that I've posted on my Twitter feed. So go over it at Scott Adams show. Uh, well, just go to uh, twitter.com slash Scott Adams show or go to Twitter or X and search for Scott Adams show. And you'll see uh, that all that's posted there. Does everyone remember when Biden said this in 2021, Joe Biden is what, who touted unity says he doesn't know if Republican party will exist in 2024. Did he know something that we don't? Um, also, um, uh, just one last thing before we cut over to, uh, Leonora's piece, uh, Jennifer Granholm, Biden's stupid energy secretary supports electric military fleet of vehicles by 2030. No worries. Just tell the enemy ceasefire for an hour to charge the tanks. Uh, ceasefire for an hour to charge the tanks uh is this uh is is this even real uh it was it would make great if this was real it would make great comedy if it wasn't real all right uh leonora so you are um a writer over at spectator along among other things the american spectator 
Tell us what you're doing over there. Well, I have a piece that's going to probably be out this weekend at spectator.org under my name, Leonora Cravota, and it's a, a review of Lawrence Lemur's Hitchcock's Blondes, the, incre- the unforgettable women behind the legendary director's dark obsession. Here we talk about some of Hitchcock's, le- Hitchcock's leading ladies, the, blonde, the blondes, and it starts with you've got uh, June Howard Tripp, Madeline Carroll, uh, Janet Lee, uh, Grace Kelly, Ingrid Bergman, Kim Novak, uh, Tippi, Tippi Hedren, Eva Marie Saint. And what I do in this review is we talk about how these women were depicted in his legendary films and how their personal stories and his interactions with him also reveal more about Hitchcock. And, you know, I get into the story about with the birds, about how Hitchcock used these birds uh, uh, in the attic scene and in the telephone scene and how Tippi Hedren walked off of the set. And we talk about, uh, the, you know, how he interacted with Eva Marie Saint, who was the one per- one actress who... For some reason, he couldn't tell dirty jokes about, around her because she stood her ground and he, she used to jokingly say he couldn't tell a dirty limerick in front of somebody whose name was Saint. So and, <laughs> and then and then, you know, you hear stories about Grace Kelly and how Grace Kelly slept with everybody and how. And so it's, it's, it's a very interesting behind the scenes story about uh, these women, their personal histories, where they came from. It's a it gives details about the film productions you hear about North by Northwest. You hear about Rear Window. Oh, uh, well, yeah. your mother was in North by My Northwest mother, and had a scene with the star, she, Cary Grant. Th- back in the day, they had something called a piece of business with the star. And if you happen to be in the same frame as the star, you got extra money. And my mother... Uh, Bought a ticket at Grand Central Station. She played a role in, doing that in with where Cary Grant crossed in the same frame. And she with her. was also in the opening scene. She was in the opening the scene. She was in a number. She of She studied scenes. with Lee Strasberg. She and guess with who Lee else? Stra- who was in the class with your mother? Marilyn Monroe was one of the people, and also she knew Jane Fonda. She knew and she knew Julie Newmar, who is uh, Catwoman on Batman. They were actually good friends. Yeah. So there were there were a number of people that crossed my mother's path. So again, this is a fascinating book. Um, and and, and, you know, and it's uh, I love Hitchcock. I think his films, he created suspense without showing gore. And when you look at that famous scene in Psycho, what was interesting about it at the time was he made it look cheaper on purpose. He after he had already done North by Northwest and done uh, To Catch a Thief, where you have these much more elaborate sets, he did something that gave it a more of a, you know, a much less professional look yeah. and it was in black and white he did that on purpose right. so you know so so you know check it out uh, spectator.org leonora Cravota, hitchcock's blondes okay that's your latest story that's my latest piece all right sounds great yeah she's a great writer leonora is a great writer i i read all of her stuff so and you should too and uh you can also google leonora uh Cravota, c-r-a-v-o-t-t-a at, and then Spectator, and you'll find her there as well. Um, well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show, and I want everybody to check out magapack.org, find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Make a donation over there if you'd like to keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free because we're connected uh, with that uh, investment. And uh, also... Uh, use Red State as your promo code over at mypillow.com. And with that, my name's Scott Adams. My name is Leonor Cravota. And we'll see you both. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye bye, everybody.